Today's episode of the ISO with myself, your host, Dan Dicka on the Gonzaga Nation Media Network, as we do a tour of the WCC and all the coaches at all the schools. Today's guest, someone that I've known dating both of ourselves a little bit since high school. He was an assistant coach with Lorenzo Romar at Pepperdine at the time. Now he is a tremendous coach at St. Mary's. He's gotten the Gales to the NCAA tournament a number of times, including this past season where they got to the round of 32. So head coach, Randy Bennett. Coach, appreciate your time. Dan, thanks for having me on. I remember the good old days. When I was chasing you around and recruiting you. Brought you down on the visit, but anyhow, those got it goes fast. So it does uh, go fast. We were talking uh, before we hit the record button just about family and kids and experiences of coaching. Um, You know, I'm in that midst right now of coaching my boys uh, who are 10 and 16. You coach at the highest level, but you also had boys or have boys that are kind of in the midst of, of finishing their playing careers. What's that been like for you as a head coach that watches knowing all that, you know, you know, uh, so I was an active participant in it as well. Like I, I would help coach a team up till or organize them, whatever till seventh grade. And it was, it was probably my favorite time in one of my favorite times in life, just being able to help them help their friends and uh, try and send them some messages that I think are important for life. And just, you can get so out of whack. You have so many people that are, that don't know what is coming that are trying to, guide them but they don't really know they don't know what is important and and i've seen the finished product many times for many years and so it was it it was fun and trying to make that a special time for them just like it was for us so it was uh now they're now they just both finished so both be freshmen in college so they're on to the time of life that i actually you know that that, that we, we, i've dealt with a lot so it's uh, but it, it's a great run, special time. Make sure you enjoy every minute of it. It's special. I don't think there's, there's not many times better in life than raising your boys when they're playing, whatever it is, fifth grade, fourth grade through their high school years. So obviously you've got a tremendous basketball program at St. Mary's defensively you guys have quietly become one of the best and most efficient defenses offensively you guys typically have a great low post presence and then you run a lot of pick and rolls with with a primary ball handler who who makes great decisions do you do do you try to apply those same principles to the youth teams that you were coaching uh yeah yeah same space the floor we did a lot teach them how to penetrate, look out, using on balls. It was uh, throw it in the post, play out of the post. It's, you know, you don't have the, you don't have the, the guys that can just throw it in the post and, and score it. Those are hard to find. Those guys get picked off in, uh, in AAU pretty quick. But uh, yeah, pretty much the same. I, I, so much it was focused on attitude, working hard, what it takes, you know, the hours. And we just, we, I just remember there 
little, we'd give them a little, the, the message of the day, like we'd have a little quote or something and just get them, get them right attitude wise. I think that's so important, especially that they can get sideways quick, but they're all good kids. You just got to make sure you keep them on track because they can get, it, it, all of a sudden you have these good kids and one gets sideways and you don't want that to happen. Well, your program hasn't gone sideways at all. You guys have continued to excel in the West Coast Conference. This past season, as I mentioned, made it to the round of 32 after you guys uh, obliterated Indiana in the first round. What was – did you have a favorite point of last season um, when, when you knew your team was really good and you had a chance to get to the NCAA tournament and win a game or two? You know what I'm going to say, don't you? <laughs> I have an idea. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I knew we were pretty good when, when we were able to beat Gonzaga. And uh, I knew we were – I knew we were tough to go in, going into the year. That's what it, you ever went back and looked at my comments. I, I, I just knew we were tough and we we're pretty tight. Our guys, uh, we, our kids, they, they were right. Like they had, they were right about being a team, being unselfish and they're really tough. So I thought we'd be good because that I was hoping we'd have enough points that we could score enough to win but uh they did that and uh koozie got better logan got better toss got better as far as scores um and that got us over the hump like we could score enough we were good defensively and uh so but when we were able to beat gonzaga at our place i was like all right because gonzaga is good they're really good and they're they're the best team we play every year so we hadn't beaten them in a, I don't know, since the conference tournament, been, been a while. And uh, so to be able to do that mentally and just toughness wise and be able to guard them, if you can do that, you're pretty good. So that would be a long winded answer to your question. Well, you guys had uh, a number of players that stepped up at different times last season. Tommy Cousy had some ups and downs, but he played great at the end of the year. I thought Logan Johnson was great. Toss uh, had some really good moments. Um, when you are recruiting those guys, and they all were recruited in different ways from what I know. Toss, a European. Uh, Cousy, a walk-on who earned his way. And then Logan Johnson uh, out of the transfer portal. How do you evaluate guys at different points of their career and then get them to buy into your vision at St. Mary's? I think when you recruit them, like it's all about how you recruit them. You can get them how you recruit them. So if you're, I think we're pretty transparent um, with guys who recruit, help them to understand that, you know, it's not easy. You're playing. You're playing in a tough league. You're trying to thread the eye of a needle to get in the NCAA tournament. You have the number one team in the country in your league. So there's, you just, the temptations to sell, sell, sell. But I think we, we're, we try and be really honest with them, make sure they want us as much as we want them and, and recruit them on those terms. And they get there and they, they understand this, you know, it's not going to be easy. A guy like, I'll just use one guy, Mickey McConnell, he came in his first year, he was getting DNPs. And uh, 
He's a player like you, actually, a lot like you. And uh, he's getting DNPs second year. He's getting 15, 18 minutes. And then Patty Mills broke his hand and he got moved in to the starting lineup. And then his career kind of took off. But when he was going through those times his freshman year, he wasn't that good. He really wasn't. We were good. That team was good. But he really wasn't quite ready yet. But he hung in there. It wasn't a... I'm going to put my name in the portal. It was none of that. It was, I got to, I got to beat somebody out and uh, I got to get better. And he did. And then eventually became player of the year in, in, uh, in our league and went to sweet 16 whole deal. So we, we try and recruit guys that have that mentality that they understand they're going to have to work and get better. Cause you have to be, if you're a regular guy, you have to get old. And uh, if you're going to be on a really good team. And so we try and help them understand that. We, we get it. We hit it right on the head from the beginning. And then that's why we don't have a lot of transfers. And we've had a lot of guys. Jock Londale, same deal. He, he was getting DNPs as a freshman, sophomore year. Played 15 minutes. Then it, then it clicked. And same thing with uh, Jordan Ford. So we try and get guys that we think are good that are going to have to develop and become good and, and then go from there. And it's, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, I think it's the way to go for us at the level we're at, the place we're at. If we're North Carolina, Duke, you can, you can get those guys that can get it done as a freshman every once in a while we will, but not, it's, it's hard because the top's pretty high. The level we're trying to compete at is pretty high. It's just hard to get 18 year olds, come in maybe 19 that are ready to help you win at that level as a freshman. Yeah. I've always felt like, unless you're one of those complete outliers um, where you're easy one and done projection uh, it takes three years to, to get comfortable. It took me three years in college. It took me three years in the NBA. And I think unfortunately there's not enough players or programs that, that have the ability to, to see through that time frame and give it a chance to work. When you look at the WCC last year, I thought it was a tremendous league, three teams in the NCAA tournament. Um, you guys as a league weren't impacted by the transfer portal negatively like a lot of schools. You guys have also benefited from some really good transfers coming in. What's your outlook for the WCC in general? Yeah, you know, I think it's, so I think there's becoming a big separation between the ha a, a greater separation now between the haves and have nots. And we're on the side of the haves. And I think there's some, some programs in our league that are uh, starting to try and be our leagues divided as well. But I think more, more programs want to be part of the haves and to be part of the haves, you have to, you know, you have to get good players and you have to, keep good players and you can't you can't lose in the portal and I don't think you can just totally I don't I don't think I don't know I'm not going the portal route some are some just think that's the way to go but anyway I don't I don't think it is for our league I don't think our schools are designed for that um, so because of that I think I, I do think our league Definitely last year was the best our league's been. We had three teams in the state tournament. Could have easily 
could have easily had four. Um, I, I should, it, it's never easy, but it, it was doable last year. And, uh, and I think uh, there's some of the programs at, at the bottom are, are picking it up. Santa Clara was a good team last year. They, they could have made it if they didn't have so many injuries. And, uh, and then BYU could have made it. So there, there's actually five teams we had that were top 75 or above. We've never had that. And uh, so I think that's where it's headed. And we need to keep it that, headed that direction. And you do that by pouring resources into your, uh, into your programs. And I, I, think, I think there's some schools that want a piece of the action, so to speak, and are, are starting to do that. But we need to do that from top to bottom. And that's, you know, we're, we're battling with, we're just outside the Big East. We're battling with America and the Mountain West for those other top conference, I'd say seven, eight spots. And that's where we need to stay. But that's where we've been like the last three years. But last year was our best. So I think we're headed in the right direction. I think our our, our uh, strategic plan as far as men's basketball is uh, is good. Yeah, obviously, with my work as an analyst, uh, I'm pulling for the league to continue to improve. I was very outspoken last year in saying that at least three teams should be in, and there was a strong chance for a fourth, um, depending on how things shook out. But BYU and Santa Clara had injuries. When you look at the coaches around the league, you've had a kind of a hand in, in being involved with whether an assistant with them or they being an assistant under you. Todd Golden obviously was played for you. And then he was at USF before he went to Florida. Um, uh, I'm drawing a blank now. I lost my notes. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Lorenzo at Pepperdine uh, is, is a coach that you coached with for a number of years. When you look at the coaching philosophies and styles amongst the league, who's the hardest to prepare for? <laughs> no question. Gonzaga. Gonzaga. I mean, Mark's a really, they get really good players. They've done a long time. Da da da. Mark's a really good coach. Like a lot of times we go out of league. It's it's uh, compared to getting ready and playing SM. It's like their calculus and some of those others are arithmetic. As far as yeah, non-conference, not always, but a lot of times. Like after you prepared for them as many times as we've had. And, Played him in games that matter. Yeah. Mark's, Mark's the one. There's so others good. that are good. I mean, Herb's won over 500 games. He's good. Lorenzo's had a lot of, lot of wins uh, as well. He's up there. So just they, they have experience. They're good. They know what they're doing. Uh, Pope's doing a really – Mark's doing a really good job. At BYU. Um, so there's, there's a lot of them. I'm – you know, I'm not going to go into all of them, but there's a, there's a lot of good, good ones. But the top, there's a reason Mark's done what he's done. And it's not just because he's had good players. They, they develop their players. You're, you're, a, you're an example. Um, but they've done it for a long time. They really play right. And they, I think they really act right as well. Mentioned Todd Golden, a former player of yours. You touched on Mickey McConnell earlier. He's an assistant on your staff. How is the transition for you when you have a former player go 
onto staff with you and coach? Is it something where towards the end of their playing career, you start talking to them about it? Uh, does it just happen after their playing career? Um, you know, and what, what attributes do you look for out of those guys? Uh, that's a great question. First of all, it's the best. Like when you get one on your staff, like a you or a, a Mickey or we have Joe Rayon. Actually, I have, I have four of them on my staff, Wayne Hunter, Mickey, Joe, and then Dan Sheets uh, was played for us. And he's like, a uh, he's our ops now. So that's how I won our program. Like I'd like our program to be St. Mary's guys. I think that's when you keep it pretty tight in the family. And, but when you get one of those, like a Mickey, they, they, it, it, the trust level is so high. The, you know, you know, the guy is a competitor, you know, the guy is how he processes things. And it's just, it's a huge advantage. It, it saves years of getting to know a guy. And, uh, and they, these guys have all, not only played at St. Mary's, they played for me, they played in our program. They know our offense, defense, we don't change that much. So they know, they know every, you know, every drill, they know our individuals and, and they can, I think they really can help our players because they went through it and they can help them understand what they're going through. So it's uh yes, I usually recognize it when they're playing. Like I know the guys that'll probably end up being coaches like Del Vidova should. Mm -hmm. He'd be great. He says he's not going to, but he, he should, he's got, he's got plenty of money. So he may not have to, but he, uh, when Mickey was playing, I told Mickey, I said, whenever you, whenever you're done playing pro, you got a job if you want it. And that's exactly what happened. We had a job open after his eighth year here, eighth year playing pro. And he, he lives up here. He was living up here in the summer when he was playing overseas. So he'd always come up and play with our guys, but eventually we had a full-time position open and uh, he's making good money in the pros. And he had, he could have played for another eight years probably. And I just say, hey, Mick, we have one open if you want to do it. I didn't think he'd do it. And then next, next day they have, he and his wife have two kids. And so I think they're tired of doing all that, but he, he said the next day he wanted to do it. And that was that. So, and Joe, Joe was the same way, Rayhan. And uh, I knew he'd be a good coach. I knew he'd want to coach and he's a really sharp guy. So usually they're not all like that, but usually uh, I know it when they're playing, especially the point guards, but I had Rob Jones. I had, um, we had Todd Golden for a second, and then he he uh, he got on with Kyle at Columbia. But anyhow, it it, uh, it it's very gratifying to have one of your former players come and coach for you. It makes it fun, and then when they do something like Todd did, you get a head coaching job. It's the best. It really is the best. I can imagine uh, there's going to be no. Florida St. Mary's matchups in the near future, but you guys have really kind of upped your non-conference schedule in the last couple of years. Is that due to looking at analytics? Is that due to just wanting to challenge your program a little bit more? Or how does that, uh, how has that evolved? Mm, 
I think it's been a, a moving target a little bit as far as what you have to do to get an NCAA tournament, being at large, like you want to try and be an at large. And I mean, we've been right there for a long time. And so some years, and it's changed recently because this quadrant one, quadrant two, we were trying to play just the RPI and the net and we, and we were good there. Um, but that wasn't the that wasn't the end all on the selection committee how they picked them. So once we kind of figured out you need quad one, quad twos, uh, those are the ones that matter. Um, we kind of started scheduling. Hey, let's make sure we get such and such number of games in non conference that are quad one or or potential. You can't you can't predict it hundred percent, but you can get it close, like, all right, these guys are going to be a – it's all about what their net is. So try and get a top 50 net team on a neutral, like see how many of those you can get. So there's, we kind of came up with a little strategic plan as far as what we would need to do non-conference. And then, and then that's, that's uh, also contingent on how many teams we think we have in our league that will be – is Gonzaga going to be a quad one both places, your your place and uh, their place? What's BYU going to be? What's uh, this year? USF was a quad one both places. So you you probably need to get 10, I think, 10 or 12 quad one or high quad two games um, to have a chance as an at-large. And that's what we did. And that's what USF did. And that's why we got in. It's it's so funny how the the terminology for everything has changed as opposed to just a good win. Now it's the quad one, quad two yeah. and how the selection committee really kind of looks at so many different factors and values different things uh, as an analyst at, you know, the last three, four weeks of the year. I'm looking at that stuff every single day for you as a coach. Once the schedule is put together, it's put together. But as the season progresses and you see how it's playing out, how much do you look at? we need this team to win. So it keeps us at that a quad one win, or you just, it's out of your hands at that time. It's just get our team to play as best we can at that moment. Yeah, it's out of our hands, but, and, and honestly, I just, I just focus. It's so much more focus is on what we're doing next game. Cause that's your real controllable. And uh, the other ones are just kind of fun to look at. You <laughs> This year it was Notre Dame. We needed them to get in the top 50, so it would be a quad one. They'd go to like 52, then 49, then whatever. It, you look – I'm, I'm not going to lie. You look every day. Like, this is the first thing you do when you wake up. Like, what, what did they move to last night? And uh, so you, you look at it, but you know that one is – you're just doing that out of an, anxiety and fun, and that's your habit, whatever. But – the, the one you're focusing on is when you're watching films, getting ready, coaching your team in practice, getting ready for when, when we play, because that's the one you, you better do a good job of taking care of. When you're, co when you're watching film, preparing for, for an upcoming opponent, what do you focus on? Do you focus on how they guard pick and rolls? How do you go and how you can exploit it? Do you focus on how they 
uh, guard the post um, to create your game plan? Because every coach looks at things slightly different. Uh, great, great question. And it's changed over the years. Um, you look at all the, you know, you look at all the stuff, personnel, um, how they're going to guard you, where uh, you have a, an advantage on a matchup. But it always gets down to this. I tell my staff this. It always gets down to on-balls. Nowadays. It didn't, it wasn't always that way, but for probably the last 10 years, it's been that way. How are they going to guard yours? And how are you going to guard them in pick and rolls, on-balls, whatever? That's the toughest thing. And that's why so many people have gone to it. It's the toughest thing to guard. Easiest, you got to have the right personnel, but easiest way to, I don't know, the game has gone that way. And uh, I think because of the three, the on-ball has become such a such a way to play. And uh, so the end-all is usually, all right, what's, how, how are we defending their on-balls? So if on-balls are, are so very important to the game and, and your program, you got to have a great point guard. You've had some great ones, Del Vadova, Mills, uh, Mickey McConnell, Joe Rahan. When you're evaluating them in the recruiting process, what do you look for out of a high school kid in pick and rolls? Is it patience? Is it the ability to turn the corner? Is it the ability to make passes out of a pick and roll? Or is it just the feel that you get that they're in control maybe in that pick and roll setting? Probably three things on that. And we do look at it. We've been playing that way since we had, uh, we went to it with McConnell and Del Vadova in 2010 is when we went to it heavy. And I think we were on the forefront of using on balls and we've used them ever since. So, um, we study hard, and that's key key recruit for us. Uh, recruiting point guards. I think the biggie is can they see? Can they like some guys can't see? If they can't see, you're just gonna have to play with them a different way. But the you know that's that's what made Delvadova so good. He was probably the best in the country in pick and rolls. But he he knew where every rotation was coming from. He knew everything that was going on. He knew how to move the pieces so he'd get what he wanted. And honestly, I've learned a lot from, from our guards. Uh, we had we had Mickey and Deli at the same time. And I just think it, it really helps when you have two of them out there. And it just puts a lot of heat on the defense. And so that's one. Can they shoot? That helps because it's a lot easier to guard an on ball if they can go under. And the other is, can they uh, can they score? Like you, it's better if they can score. So those are three things that you know they need. To, I think they need to have to be like an all league guy. And those are the ones we're trying to get. So they will develop in our system. Um, we'll be able to make them better shooters, better scorers. Uh, it's hard to make them better passers. <laughs> We can make them better and not turn it over, but it's hard to make them. It's hard. I just think that's a, you can make them a little better, but the, the good ones like Emmett Nahr had great vision. Delhi had great vision to, to, I don't think you can teach it. I think you make them better, but only you teach that the great passer, the great vision. Uh, Nemhart, he's, 
he's got it and you recognize it right away. I think when you do it long enough, you recognize it right away when you're recruiting. You know, that's that goes spot on with one of the comments I always make um, when I get asked about players is too many people want to call themselves a point guard because they make one play. Just because you can make an occasional point guard play doesn't make you a point guard. You've got to be able to kind of, as you talked about, make all those reads and then make the pass. And a point guard makes it every single time with the right decision. Um Last question, Coach, and I appreciate all the time. You've been at the WCC for a long time, whether it's, uh, you know, San Diego, whether it's Pepperdine, and now the head coach is St. Mary's. Who's been the most stressful player that you've had to game plan against? You go back to your time as an assistant or current head coach. I think about that. (laughs) They're... uh... Timmy's not easy. He's a handful. Like we usually don't have to double or <laughs> or triple. Uh, he he's a handful. Like you, you can't guard him straight up. I don't think. But he, Sabonis was really he was a handful too. And that dick out kid, he was good. <laughs> I wasn't searching for that. Actually, the guy I was thinking you might say would have been Steve Nash. You know what? He was good, but I would have never thought he was going to be what he ended up being. Like, I feel like we played against guys. I, I wouldn't say him for us. Um, yeah, and some of those times, you know, it was good. He wasn't good as, as far as a great offensive player, but Dana Jones was, I think, I think you were around for Dana Jones at Pepperdine. He was really good. He was a handful. So it's, uh, there were some good ones back in the day. Obviously Nash was good, but he wasn't, he wasn't what, he wasn't quite in college what he was. You wouldn't have projected him. Obviously they picked him like 16th pick. You wouldn't have projected him to be an MVP. Yeah. And he became that and credit to him. He was great. He just, he, he had a great belief and he, he got his team to play with great belief. And uh, that's, I think he was a great leader. So, but as far as just a dominant athlete and all that, he, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel him that way. Yeah. Well, coach, I really appreciate the time. I know the off season's a little bit of time to get away from some media requests and, and recharge your batteries, but I appreciate the time. I look forward to uh, hopefully calling some St. Mary's games and following the WCC closely again next year. So thanks again. Dan, thanks. Look forward to seeing your little guys grow up and be out there on the circuit. That'll be fun. Enjoy that.